thanks for watching or listening to VIP Boxing's Bell to Bell podcast. We're on episode 103. If you're watching on YouTube, listening on iTunes or Spotify, leave us a nice review. Anything you want to say, really. We're not that bubble. We're not precious here. You know me, Steve Lillis, and you know uh, John Evans there with his cronk T-shirt on there tonight. Flex showing a bit of flesh in the middle of winter. But where he lives in Oldham, this is like summer today. Yeah, yeah, it's tropical. I had shorts on today. First time, first time it hasn't rained here for since I think since before Christmas today. Anyway, we got, so, we got what do we say? We got the tropical climate, but it's just the rain bit, isn't it? Yeah, I, I say I've, I, I live down the road from you. I say I've lived in Manchester thirty years. I've never I haven't got dry yet. But there you go. Anyway, tonight's special guest, um, the fighting pride of South London, European super bantamweight champion Ellie Scottney. Ellie, thanks very much for coming on and joining us. I know we've tried to get you on a couple of times before, but you've been dragged to sparring and all sorts of places, I know. So we finally got you on for the first time, and it's a, it's a pleasure to have you. Oh, thank you for having me. My debut. I've waited a while for it. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you won your um, title against Mary Romero, was it last time out? So what's the latest of when we might see you in action? Is it going to be a defence of that or possibly... Yamalef, Mikado, or one of the other champions? Uh, there's, There's been like, quite a slight delay, but I think my fight needs should be announced pretty soon, but it's looking about April now. So, a long old wait. Yeah, when, when was it? October, was it, when you won the yeah. title? January Six... blue pocket too, so... <laughs> I'm not too worried <laughs> about that. Uh, Ellie, I was going to... One of the topics I was going to pick today was... Yep. Fighters not using, not getting momentum in their career. And you've had two now, haven't you? You've had like two star-making performances in a row. Yeah. both times through no fault of your own. You've had to start again, haven't you? Like this time it's Chanika Johnson with a a cut forehead that's taken a year to heal. And things are just (laughs) slowing you down, slowing you down, slowing you down. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing exclusive. Is that the way you feel it's gone? Would you like some more momentum in your career? Or do you think your career is just going to be aimed around the big nights now? Um, I feel like I've kind of had to take, you know, the riskier fights, but I have had stalling and maybe that's that's a result of that. But, you know, it's it's on God's time. And then when that is time, right, I should be ready. So just got to be patient, I guess. Yeah. yeah we need God smiling. to heal. You're always smiling every time I see you. Yeah. we need. Sorry, John. <laughs> no, go on, Steve. I'm just saying Ellie never stops smiling every time, apart from when you're in the ring. It's the only time you're not smiling. <laughs> Uh, no, no, I need a, I need to work on the angry face a bit more. I think. Have you got an angry face outside the ring? Ah, uh, no, no, I don't think I do. To be honest. <laughs> right, I'll tell you how this works. I don't know if you've seen us before, Ellie. We speak for three minutes each round. John gets a bit angry after three minutes. Have you got your bell there, John, tonight? Yeah, all ready to go. And your stopwatch. <laughs> yeah. Are you ready, John? Your timing. Everything ready to go? Right. Well, we're going to start with round one, and it's one of the topics you picked, Ellie, and it's a natural one. The fight at the weekend, Arthur Baturbia and Anthony Yard. How did you see it? You know what? I think both Yardstock and Tundi's massively rise on that night, and that was it was an eight-round war, and I wasn't expecting it, but it was one of the fights I think we needed. And from that, I think you can see that Yard's got big nights ahead of him. And whether that's domestically or another shot, but, you know, Batavia proved what we already knew. And, you know, he's dangerous from the first bell to... It never goes to the last bell, to be honest, but <laughs> he's just... Yeah, he's he's very dangerous. John? 
Hey, if you don't blow your own trumpet, no one will blow it for you, will they? And I thought it'd be a good fight, didn't I? Yeah, I remember yeah. last week, and I I thought Yard was going to do better, but what he, he didn't, he did better than I thought in areas where he wouldn't, if that makes sense. Like he really impressed with his toughness, with his ability to take a shot and to dig in and trade. I thought he was going to do really well staying away and counter bunching and be able to hurt better. Yeah. <laughs> But what impressed me was his stamina and his heart and his chin. Yeah, mm -hmm. you've said it all there about Anthony Yard. And, you know, he deserved all the plaudits. His chin was fantastic. And he's shown that twice now. You know, just wouldn't have been great if he if he turned over five, six years earlier. You know, but that, that's the way you think. But I just think, I'm just full of admiration for Baturbia. What is it? 300 amateur fights. It was, uh, that Olympics was 10 years ago. And he's 38 years of age, and he's still turning out performances like that. Believable, isn't it? You know, do you think imagine, doing... imagine, Ellie, imagine being 38, still making the same weight and being in wars like that. No, I'll be back in B&Q. I'm telling you, he's just... <laughs> I just hope we see Bibble before, you know, it's too late. Yeah. There's no doubt. We, he's, on, he's not the same fight he was, you know, three years ago. You can see slowly slowing down and... If we're robbed of that massive fight and if the time is wrong, it, it'll be a shame for boxing, I feel like. Yeah, I, I think there's serious moves to get it made, but it depends on this Callum Smith situation with the WBC. Yeah. Smith will be the fight next. And then obviously Bivol and Canelo. So ugh, I'm just not sure. It's a shame, isn't it? That, that's one that should just be made, shouldn't it? You know, it's like neither yeah. of them are going to sell 20,000 tickets, are they? You know, that's no. the... That's the fight that should be made with no obstacles just to make but, the number one. You know, it's never it's never that case, is it? Never that case. You no. know what? And the thing with Bivolt, for all what he's done as an amateur and what we were, I alluded to earlier, you know, he's trying to destruction as a pro. He deserves that monster, monster payday, doesn't he? Because I bet he's I bet he hasn't had too many set anywhere near to seven figures in most of his fights, if any of them. Yeah. No, it's a shame, isn't it? They would have been good though, wouldn't it, for Bivol? Sorry, Bivol would Canelo payday, wouldn't he? So yeah, he's got he had his payday against Canelo and have another one. Look, he's earned, well, he's most probably secure for life. But you, oh, I've got to stop. John's on <laughs> round two. Uh, on to Anthony Yard and what next to Anthony? Um, I said on this podcast last week that if he lost badly, I feared he'd just vanish and we'd never see him again. But as you as you said in round one, Ellie, his stock has just risen. Um. Absolutely. I mean, Frank Warren's talking to the Joe Smith fight today. What a, what a fight that would be. I know, you know, people would say Smith was blown away in a couple of rounds by um, by um, Bert Baturbia. But I think the style was a bit wrong for him as well. But that's just me. But the Buatzi fight. Oh, what about that? I mean, that, that's the one I want to, I'd love him to see next. But he's got, he's got so much to look forward to now. But... You know, he's 31 himself, so he's most probably only got two, three years of major earning potential. That's six, seven fights maximum. Yeah. You know, I you know, I hope I hope he doesn't just disappear for nine months and then come back in a fight. As long as he's okay, as long as he's physically all right, I don't think Yard needs a rest. You know, he's had a long rest there, hasn't he, waiting for that fight. They should get him out as quick as they can, even if it's in a keep busy. Just build that momentum he's gained now. The, the fans came out for Yard, didn't they? Probably for the first time. I was trying to... Because he, he was always at the copper box in front of 3,000 people, right. wasn't he? But that was a big event. And he's, like you said, he's stopped risen. So fingers crossed we just keep rolling him out, rolling him out. But I'd love to see Buatzi, Richards, 
Craig, I like Craig Richards and Callum, yeah. Callum Smith. I'd love to see all those fights. What would you like to see, Ellie? Yeah, no, like you say, for me, Boatsy's the fight I'd like to see. I just think they're gel perfectly together. They're both, you know, Londoners. So that would be more of a selling point. I just feel like the feeling after this fight compared to the Kovalev was completely different. You could see it in his after interview. He's, you could see he was not happy to lose, but he was content on what he showed as, you know, as a fighter and a boxer. And, you know, I think a lot of light heavies domestically are going to be looking at him thinking, Phew, he, he's a money fight now as well for us, for all of them. And I think you can even throw Dan Aziz in the mix now as well, yeah. can't you? Yeah, great Bird. shout. Yeah. It's, you know, a fight that could happen down the line. Like, there's just so many. Even Craig Richards, I'd like to see that that fight. They're just styling like they'd all, it'll mean that little bit more. So if the world honours aren't there for them, why not get it on domestically? Is Yard out and out number one light heavyweight in Britain now? Are you putting Callum Smith in the mix? I'm putting Callum Smith yeah. in the mix. Yeah, I think you've got to have Callum Smith there for what he's done. Look, Yard's at, up there. At light, at light heavyweight. At light, of course, yeah, but... Uh, uh, you, you know, you know what? It's always every time someone delivers a big performance, we tend you to know. immediately crown them the best in, in the country. <laughs> I find it's like pound for pound list. I find them really mythical, John. We all we all have our favourites, I think. You know, yeah. and on the other night, but you know, until the other night, people were saying Buatsi. I, I think it, I think it might still be Buatsi. Yeah, but he's ringing that bell too quick tonight. Round <laughs> three, John. Tonight. It's, it's about sharing a dressing room. Yeah, Ellie, you'll be able to talk talk about this. But from watching the fights on Saturday, I was kind of surprised by the, the running order where they had yep. Moses Itama with a load of hype yep. and attention on him. They put his brother on before him. His brother got oh. knocked out badly yep. and it didn't go well for Carroll. And I, Moses must have had to really fix his mind on the task at hand. And I was just wondering about that, Ellie. You've been in dressing rooms with friends and teammates I don't think you're old enough to have been in the same dressing room as your brother when he was fighting. But that must, uh, it must affect you. It must play on your mind. Are you watching it on a, a little TV? Remember when Josh Warrington watched Reese Mould get knocked out before he fought Maurizio Lara? Uh, can you distract yourself from it, Elliot? Is it constantly on your mind? Are you taking an interest? Uh, how does it go? And are your team there in the dressing room or are your team out in the arena? Talk, yeah. talk us through it. Uh, so me and Robbie boxed on the same show and we didn't even have a gap in between. So we had, it was him first and me straight after. And it, it it's, it's a weird feeling. Like you can see you, you're getting nervous for them, but then you've got to focus on your own fight. So I had it playing in the background, but you know, when you're watching a fight, you're like, oh, and you, your head's elsewhere. So we turn it off. But to imagine your brother going before you, you're 18, you've got a big hype behind you. It wasn't expected to go that way for Carol. And you could just see just Enrico went in that ring and it, it was sad because, you know, on his biggest night, on his biggest stage, all he's thinking about is what went wrong for his brother. So uh, I, I don't think it is, it's right in terms of, you know, someone starting off on their journey, but it can really cause a difference in the fight of who's in your change room and who's not. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I was thinking just what you said there. You know, it's not as if he's an he's an experienced pro, Moses. Moses. It was his first he, pro fight. He's never been in that environment before. He's never had a senior amateur fight. He's come straight from the youths. And after the fight, he was more, you could see he was still disconsolate over his brother more than his debut. But, and I think when, when one of the, watching it on Saturday night, one of the most poignant images of the whole night on BC, about a few minutes before Moses got in the ring, they were showing him on the pads with a trainer 
And just just in, in the clip, you sitting on the settee to, to his right on the left of the screen was his brother, and he was just vacant still. He was in a state of shock. Now, you're, you're warming up on your pads, and your brother's two foot away from you. It's got to have an effect. It's like if you're at home and you're standing there reading, and one of your family members is having a bad night crying or something, and it happens, you know, you're feeling for them. You know, and I, I think Moses did well to come out that he got the job done. We know what the opponent was, but that must have been hard. And I tell you what, that would have been a learning experience for him. Yeah. yeah. Fine. Round four, over to you, Aline. You want to talk about Jake Paul? Ah, <laughs> oh, Jake Paul versus boxing. So for me, <laughs> yeah. I think the longer Tommy's let it go on for, the, the harder the fight becomes. Yeah. I generally believe when it first got made, we all laughed and we said, oh, Tommy Isis. I'm not going to lie, I'm favouring Jake Paul. And that's mad. I just think Tommy's carrying, you know, the pressure of his family's name. And we know what pressure that holds. And then, really, he's carrying boxing on his back. So, if he loses, what's that going to say about boxing? You know what? I think Jake Paul's better than a lot of six and eight rounders we see on the circuit. Now, I think he's improved. He's worked at it. He's a bit of an athlete, he's an athlete in him. And you know what? What's done me over the last couple of days, this mock outrage that everyone's having about Saturday night. When they was in the ring, you know, I wasn't hiding under behind the cushion on my settee. I was pissing myself laughing at it all. <laughs> you know what? I won't buy the fight. If I can find a dodgy stream or something, I'll watch it for sure. I'm not going to buy it, but I'm fascinated to know the outcome. And I'm just loving all this mock outrage. I saw a mate of mine the other night putting on his Facebook who was there. I'm never going to a Frank Warren show. What a lot of nonsense. He'll be, he'll be the, he's the sort of guy be the first looking for the results. It's yeah. fantastic. Good luck to them both. And you know what? Tommy's making a load of money. And let's be honest, if it wasn't for the, the Fury brand, and I mean this with the greatest respect to Tommy. He's a fighting man. He'd still be fighting six rounders off TV on undercards. And, yeah. and, 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 and I mean that with the I greatest respect. I, I don't think he'd be fighting if it wasn't for the name. Sorry? I don't think he'd be fighting if it wasn't for a Fury That's name. very possible. Or if he was fighting, he would be, he would, you know, he's from Manchester, so the likely would be, he would be on a Steve Wood VIP show. Yeah. Do you know what I'll say about Jake Paul? And you can't say it for Tommy Fury. Since he turned pro... Yeah, he might have been fighting MMA guys and all this. He, every person Jake Paul's fought has tried to beat him. <laughs> Tommy Fury's oh, not had that. Actually... Tommy Fury's had cakewalks. <laughs> he's had Tyrone Woodley trying to beat him. He's had Anderson Silva trying to beat him. And he's done eight hard rounds. Tommy Fury's never done eight hard rounds. Yeah, I'm with you. I'll tell you what. I mean, and watching it the other night on, on, on BT, when Buncey <laughs> was talking about it, he was desperate to say Jake Paul was going to beat him and just yeah. held himself back, didn't he? <laughs> and uh, you know what we should do when we got when we got um, them in the ring to, Tommy taking his shirt off was embarrassing wasn't it but uh, we should do that in the build up to all fights you know for the next yeah. event get the two main eventers and do a little thing oh, in the ring right, you can it's see, great that got the reaction it was meant to get from people yeah. the people loving it and the people angry it was a, it's a Marmite fight and good luck to the both I've got nothing I've got nothing against it at all yeah, really good. Sorry, go on, Ellie. You've got to pick a winner. You're sitting on the fence a bit I'm, there. Oh, I'm, not, I'm going Jake Paul to win. Oh, Fiola, yeah? yeah? Yeah, I'm going Jake to win, yeah. <laughs> if Tyson asks, I'm going Fury, though. Uh, we well, are a serious boxing person. We're jokers, aren't we, now to you, I suppose. I'll tell you what, um, 
round five, and this is obviously for Ellie to discuss more than us, John. The Garden Takeover on Saturday night, two monster female fights. Amanda Serrano, Erica Cruz Hernandez for all the featherweight titles. Alicia Boomgardner and is it Ellen Meckerhead for yeah. the super featherweight titles? I think Sky Nicholson, Ramler Ali is all, all is also on it. You know, talk talk us through it, Ellie, because the, the you know it seems to have gone under the radar a bit. This show over here, it's a it's a hell of a night. Yeah, I think, you know, rightly so. Serrano's getting granted the opportunity. They both are. Alicia as well, they both deserve that opportunity to be undisputed because it's been hard to get those fights for them. So I feel like they're giving the light and, you know, they're both exciting fighters. And I just believe that Serrano will, you know, get the job done comfortably and set up a massive fight against her and Katie Taylor, the rematch. And Alicia, I think, again, she, she'll show why she is the best at her weight. And then protect, I, I know I'm sitting here, but I would love to see Serrano versus Alicia. To me, I yeah. think that's a super fight. And it's a bit more realistic. You know, one's 130 and one's... Um, oh, I've lost my head there. 126, yeah. yeah. 135. No, you're... no I'm that's wrong. One, 126 and 130, yeah. 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 So to me, I think that makes massive sense. Yeah. That'd be a great fight, wouldn't it? Bomb, yeah. bomb Gardner bring... She's got something about a bomb Gardner, hasn't she? She's got that... Swagger. You don't really see it much in the women's boxing. She, like a presence, an intimidating sort of presence around people. People... Yeah, so matches that, didn't she? Yeah, and Serrano matches it. That'd be a, a build-up and a half, wouldn't it? And the styles, Baumgartner against Serrano. Yeah, there wouldn't be a... Oh. You know, you know what? I'm just going a little bit off topic here with female boxing. You know, I, you know, you, you, how we're seeing it evolve is just... And I've said this to John before on here, um, Ellie, but my, my, my oldest daughter had never been boxing and she came along with me to the Joseph Parker fight against um, Joe Joyce. And she saw Amanda Serrano's ring walk and she's obsessed by her now. And she's in Australia backpacking and she's messaged me last night. She'd seen oh, wow. somewhere that Serrano's fighting this week and she's never shown a bit of interest in boxing, in, in any sort of boxing. Well, she's shown an interest in, 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 a, in a fighter until she saw Serrano's ring walk at Manchester. That's what I mean. It's, uh, I think it's just growing from strength to strength. But I always say it. It, it's to do with lockdown. I think if we didn't have lockdown, women's boxing wouldn't be where it is now because, like I said, it was it, it was cheaper to put them on the broadcast. It took up less time. And, you know, every time we got opportunity to box, we was really, you know, making a, a noise with it. So I feel like to do with lockdown, we got a lot to be thankful for. Yeah. Steve, your daughter's clearly never seen Ellie Scott in his step-by-step <laughs> ring walk. Otherwise, she'd been a fan a long time There you go. That's that. what I allowed to it. I mean, yeah, I will tell her when Ellie's back in, in August. She might be coming home for in April, but she might be coming home for a week or two <laughs> then. So maybe we'll get to the fight or something. But now she's Team Serrano all over at the moment, mate. John, we're on our final round, round six. And I know this is the one that you're going to rant on, John, about. Yeah, it's disgusting. And it, it, oh. it was the, uh, Dan Raphael and the, the other guy I've not got much time for, that's Stephen Espinosa. Uh, slagging off Daryl Sharp and the journeyman on Saturday night, saying they shouldn't ever have been on TV, and it was disgusting that it was televised. When you when you watch an American undercard, the opponents are terrible, aren't they? Quite often, it's like an execution. Those guys just get bought out to get done in a round badly, and the people in America who watch it, they don't grasp what a yeah. what a proper journeyman is. What we've got over here, those guys are tough. If Tommy Fletcher had been boxing 
a journeyman uh, over on a Las Vegas undercard, it would have lasted 30 seconds. Starrell Sharp deliberately set his stall out not to get moved on Saturday. And yeah, it wasn't great to watch. It was a bit boring to watch, wasn't it? But unless you're from outside the British Isles, it seems like those guys get absolutely no respect, totally undervalued, and they just don't seem to grasp the job that those guys do. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, John. I mean, as you say, I've been to a load of them Las Vegas when I was on the newspapers and Fox Nation, a load of them Las Vegas, Bill. And those guys that get wheeled out in the MGM Grand on, ah. a, sat, sat, on a Saturday after three o'clock, seven hours before Mayweather fights, they've been fought over the border from Mexico. They're about a stone lighter and they're blown away in seconds. Their idea of a journeyman who's, is someone who's had 20 wins in Tank Town shows. <laughs> And has lost yeah. 15 where every time they've gone outside their state and been knocked out 13 times. I know what journeyman I, I'd rather put up with and yeah. watch. Yeah, it's, it's bad. Yeah, for sure. He's, you know, you can tell as well, he, he was boxing that weight category that was nowhere near his natural one. And he gave him rounds, which no one's, you know, been able to do until that point. Yeah. So for me, in terms of Tommy Fletcher's development, I reckon Saturday night, did it more justice than blowing someone out like he had been. So I think until you you know and you know what the journeyman brings to to us as well, us British fighters massively, it's invaluable. So yeah, no. I'm I'm team I've, I've, been, over, I've been over in America and I've watching like the undercards with Rigondo and that and Felix Vadeo was a shouldn't say his name really anymore, should I? Yeah, you're but an Olympian yeah. coming through, killer, and they matched him with I think he, he was just exterminating people in, in 30, 40 seconds, learning nothing from it. So, yeah, I'd, what we should do, we should send a team of the journeymen from Britain. We should send Van Pooch, Daryl Sharp, and a couple of them over to America on a little tour and just see how many they turn over. That would be a great little documentary series, that, for BT. That's Take a team of three journeymen over to America and let's see how many they turn over. They would, I tell you what, they'd beat most of these tank town fighters in Oklahoma. Because they they're white collar kids, most of them. Out of, you know. I'd get in fact, we should propose that. It's a good, I tell you what, John, instead of putting it on here, you should be making plans trying to flog that somewhere. So an idea <laughs> just off the top of my head, that it's a good one. It's not that's a very good idea. So William Warburton, William William Warburton out of retirement, Carol Sharp, Louis Van Pooch. Let's take him on an unbeaten three-month run. Yeah, you'd, that, you'd take you'd take Seamus Devlin because he's wacko for a start. Yeah, and you know, he, you know, he, he's a royal wacko sort of lovable character. And oh, you, Jamie you Quinn, Poochie, Jamie Quinn. Oh, and I'll take Jordan Granham because when he fight, he oh, can Jordan, fight. Jordan Granham would take everyone. He can to really fight. Yeah, forgot about him. You know. <laughs> But do you think do you think we're gonna tell you what um, female fighters on the away away side of the card, um, Ellie? Do you think we're yeah. gonna see some of, more of them come along now? Because they're earning serious dough, some of them. Yeah, do you know that they, they, they earn more than what blokes earn for six rounds? Oh, 100 percent. Because you know that they're, they're needed and there's not many of them. But I think it's hard to get a journey, get a woman to get in the ring, and and not that. Most of them come and give it a try. They do try, yeah. Their levels are different, but they their mindset isn't, I'm going to move you around. It's, uh, you know, I'm going to let my hands go here. But obviously, like, the levels are different. But I don't think it would be, you know, a career choice. I think it would be turnover 
and I'm going to fight. I don't think it'd be turnover and, you know, play that role sort of thing. Yeah, it's got a female that's going to go on the road. Sorry, John. No, go on, Steve. Yeah, Curtis Gargano's got a female who's been training at his gym. She's going off to have um, six or seven amateur fights, and then she's going to turn over and go on the road. That's insane. Yeah, she wants to go on the road. And they're earning. They're, they're, the couple, they're one of so I'm not going to say that I know what they're earning because I'm doing some matchmaking at the moment. And you are cheaper bringing in a foreign opponent than some of the British girls. They're earning, they're earning insane dough for six rounds. The, the only female journey woman I can think of is the big, tall Lithuanian girl. What's she called? Masia. Bada. Z- Z- oh, there's a couple. Um... Right, isn't it? Rhiannon but... Dixon's fought her twice. Yeah. Yeah. There's... There's, there's a few of them in Europe. There's one. Oh, oh, I'm, I'm lost on the names as well, but I think there's a couple with about 100 fights as well. Yeah. But when you look at the girl who Shannon Courtney fought recent, Gemma Rueg. Yeah, Maria, she comes and gives it a go, doesn't she? Yeah, she gives it a, it a go. go. Yeah. Like, who, who's the girl who Al Siesta's got? Um, Featherweight. Becca. Becca, yeah. Yeah, she gives it a go as well. Ellie won't know. Ellie's never, year, Ellie's she never been given it a go. I haven't seen a boxer last year or so, in fairness. <laughs> yeah. We've gone way right. over, Steve. All right, now are we gone way over? Well, I'll tell you what. Ellie, you've been a superstar guest. Thanks for coming on. Thanks, John, and your Kronk T-shirt for coming on. And thanks, everybody else, for um, who's watching, downloading, whatever you're doing, you're listening to us. Thanks very much, and we'll see you all next week. For all boxing, info, news, and latest interviews, Amateur and Pro, across and off, click and subscribe. VIP, boxing promotions. Also, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook.